Here we go. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come This is the intro music. Hi everyone, welcome to the Future Family Podcast. I am uh, Third Day, aka the Christian Creed, aka Cody. And hi. I am Blake, a.k.a. Michael W. Smith, a.k.a. The Christian. Uh, <laughs> Who is Michael W. Smith? Um, I got it. I got it. Justin Michael Bieber. W. Smith is the Christian. No, he is the Christian um, George Michael uh, or hmm. Kenny G. Ooh, yeah. I'm thinking George Michael. Mm. Yeah. I think George Michael. I think I think he's the Christian George Michael. Not just because they share the same name. Tanner, who are you today? Hey guys, I am. Um, I'm doing great. How are y'all? <laughs> doing well. I'm Thanks for asking. I'm, well, actually, not too well. Today was just a bummer. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, he's Tanner, and uh, guys, we're the Future Family Podcast, and we are eight for eight on weird intros and. Uh, we hope that you guys are here for yeah. it. Honestly, I hope that whenever you see that little notification pop up on your tweeters, your Instas, and your, uh, your Snapchats, your MySpaces, your yep. LinkedIn's, uh, that you just say, wow, I cannot wait for the next three-minute intro <laughs> where I have no idea what's We're going gonna on. You're going to cringe so hard in traffic oh, gosh. as you listen. I feel like people now just like skip ahead three minutes to see where we start our discussion. I bet they do. I bet they're like, oh, it's like an an hour and 30 minutes. Yeah, I can skip the intro. (laughs) And they skip ahead three minutes and we're still talking nonsense. And dang, skip 10 minutes in. Oh, gosh. But no, I think. Because we're. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) We were both trying to transition right there. We had to talk at that point. I was going to say. Tanner will edit it. Bye-bye. I, I was going to say, we haven't <laughs> talked about Instagram yet, right? We, we have not. How do you, do, do y'all like it? Is it, is it cool? I'm asking everyone listening, but you can respond, Tanner and Cody. Do y'all like the Instagram thoughts? I like our Instagram. I, think I really it's like it. I like yeah. the creative direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I like the fact that we all have uh, pictures from our childhood on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they can know the real us. Yeah, hopefully more to come. Yes. Yeah, possibly. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I think the only pictures of us that we should put on there should be of pictures from our childhood. Or if we all get together and we get to take that picture on my couch that we've been talking Mm -hmm. about, uh, that would be the one exception. That and, of course, all of our fans. We have, I mean, we have kids emailing us, DMing us. All the time. Sending us LinkedIn requests, stuff like that all the time. You know, just like, guys, I need your wisdom and I need pictures with you. Mm-hmm. So we'll post, yeah. you know, pictures with fans, of course. Yeah. If people want us to be references for jobs. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, Cody, you sent me a, a screenshot of the email from, I think it was a woman at your work, maybe, that wanted you to sign her baby. Mm-hmm. She was going to get tattooed yes. when it was old enough. Naturally. Blake, what were you saying? I'm sorry. I oh, no. No, I was just saying that um, we have 
tons and thousands and millions of fans. So, mm-hmm. uh, if you're if you're even so lucky to catch one of us without just herds of people around us, then that's that's mm-hmm. a, man, that's a good day for you. So you should jump on that opportunity. Yeah, we only go out in public with trench coats <laughs> and uh, sunglasses. Uh, we got to go incognito because the life of fame. I mean, it really is exhausting. You know, you just you can't come home to the wife and kids and have a normal life anymore. It's tiring. I don't know it's if you hard. can hear it in our voices, but we're just like, gosh, it's tough. It's tough. And I'm glad I have you two just to, you know, walk through that with me, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you boys level me, mm-hmm. truly. And I can't go, oh my gosh, I can't go out, <laughs> you know, out and about in public without someone seeing me and then, of course, hearing my voice because they can't really know what I look like because of the podcast, but they hear my voice. They're like, oh my goodness, you're from Future Family please come sign my SUV or my, uh, I think the last one I signed was an Xterra. You know, chicks love it. Xterra. The sheer number of SUVs that I've had to put a Sharpie to <laughs> is just astronomical. Astronomical. I've had a few minivans. I'm a huge minivan advocate. Uh, Jen, my fiance, future wife is not. So, and y'all, t- you two might be against me. I don't know, but uh, I'm a huge advocate for minivans, just because I think Swagger wagons. Yes, and there's space. You got room for days to store people, kids, uh, like luggage, so much candy, pineapple on pizza. Like you can store whatever you want in a minivan. Now, now, Blake, hold on. Let's. I wanna. I wanna really suss this out before we get into the more actual, like, serious discussion, but. When you say getting a minivan, are you that you can go two two routes mm-hmm. with this? You can either go a I'm gonna get a new model minivan with like the dang backup camera and the Elon Musk driving assist and all that kind of <laughs> stuff, or B you can say I'm gonna go to a CarMax and I'm gonna get me a swagging wagon from 2005 uh-huh. with maybe some Cheeto stains built into the floorboard and it's a little pre-loved. What are you feeling? Show me the Carfax. Uh, no, I think I think. My best uh, point of argument for a, like gaining one of these beautiful pieces of vehiculary would be to well <laughs> would be to give the the argument for buying a brand new right off the lot right out of right off the press a swanky new minivan backup camera pretty much drives itself. But mm-hmm. I would love, 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 love to have the Cheeto stain coffee spilt in the front. Um, maybe like the seat cushion, not as comfy in the very back minivan. Mm-hmm. I would love to have that one. Just See, because there's so much maybe. like, I don't know, store. There's so much life in that, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As well as knowing you, I know you want a cassette player in the yes, vehicle absolutely. so that's going to be you know a tough decision oh gosh yeah and i mean if we want to go like straight 90s like i don't know like a dodge minivan or something i don't even know ford made minivans back then but i don't know see that's what i was going to say is that i i van. i would hope that you would strive to buy the most 90s piece of vehicular equipment that you could find because <laughs> i mean they don't they don't make these family toting machines like they used to you oh, know what i'm saying absolutely now everything's all built with safety and, you know. Whatever that is. I mean. But, yeah, I feel like I'm my for- best uh, case for ever getting a minivan would be a new one. But uh, still, 
And and maybe I, my love for that is because I grew up with a minivan and I loved my minivan and just many memories in that minivan. Because I mean, there's so many benefits you can lay out in the back seat. So you had so you had three kids, okay? You got mom up front, dad up front, two kids in the middle, and you got a whole you got another row in the back. Like you got three yeah. rows. And then you can put that bad boy, like he can, you can lay out, like you can take a nap and you can rotate the kids. They can have the whole back seat to themselves and you still have Over. another place in the back for storage. They can store all the luggage. It's crazy. That, that's just more room for arrows in the quiver, yes. man. So you can you have know, in case you go with more, more than two yes. kids. Be fruitful. Buy a minivan. Like be fruitful and buy a minivan is the takeaway from. <laughs> okay. Enough of that. Yeah. Jen's already well, said no, so we're not having. <laughs> oh my goodness! Come on, Jen, compromise. Let's, we're gonna we're gonna pray for Jen's change of mind. <laughs> yes. I think I speak for Tanner when I say uh, that. yes. Well, folks, you are nine minutes in and still listening. We thank you so much. Believe it or not, we have talked for more than nine minutes, and I've cut and deleted a lot of blasphemous, <laughs> heretical jokes that we've made. Yes. Um, oh yes. So I probably shouldn't have mentioned that, but you need to know, you know, that we are real. And you should see the real us. Though you should not Our supporters hear. on Patreon get the full content. That's right. Our Patreon <laughs> supporters get all of it. Um, but yeah, so we're talking about, as you can see, by clicking on this podcast, the Holy Spirit. And as you could imagine, it's a tough one. So we're going to have to break it up into at least two parts. Um, and so you're getting the, the beginning, the intro, um, our background, and stuff like that in this episode. And as always, we want to start off with a great and good and in-depth as much as possible overview insight introduction to the holy spirit um if you would like to if you have time as a listener right now if you're not driving i would suggest you pull up um, on youtube if youtube's working at the moment of recording youtube is not working so uh pull up the bible project video on the holy spirit awesome um video that shows really i don't know if you, have you guys looked at it by chance i haven't i have like, before it's been a long time okay. but yeah yeah so it it gives like all other stuff great <clears throat> animation great content and great um just wording to the theme of the holy spirit for this video and it goes into detail of from the very beginning of the bible through the end the story of how uh, we see the holy spirit in scripture um and really going into the wording and stuff so i have kind of a few things pulled up in the old testament um we have it the Hebrew word is ruach. You have to like yeah, in get there. That. Apparently, yeah, that's right. That sounds like a nice hearty ruach. German word. <laughs> yeah, and so that means um, spirit, breath, wind, and mind in the old uh, Old Testament. See it Genesis one verse two, right? The spirit of God is hovering over the waters, um, and then we go into the New Testament and we see it in Greek as pneuma. Um, in fact, you know the one of the key passages in the New Testament, guys, is what Jesus being baptized and what happens? Anybody want to help me out? I feel like I'm leading children's uh, Bible study by asking you guys to do spirit that sends upon them like a dove. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> Mr. Cody. Um, here's a sucker. No, but that, um, something that I, learned. <laughs> I was going Nacho Libre, but VeggieTales oh. also work. I can give it my best uh, Archibald voice. <laughs> And now it's time for silly songs with Ted. Let's go. Okay, sorry. Oh, nostalgia. I'm sorry to derail you. Ted, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like children's church. It always gets derailed. Um, uh, but that same um, story there, it's the same 
verbiage of that the Holy Spirit hovering over like a dove. Um, same hovering over in Genesis 1, 2. Pretty cool um, connective verbiage there. So we see that as really during the, the time of Jesus. Um, and then we see the Spirit empowering Jesus in his ministry. Um, and then, of course, the big story in Acts when the Spirit comes, um, Pentecost, so on. And then, of course, the big conversation that everyone loves to talk about, the gifts of the Spirit, and so on. So, you guys want to pick up anything that I've probably failed to cover and we need to go into more detail? Like, <laughs> Cody, you go. No, I mean, I think that's good. Um, I mean, yeah, like you said, uh, just important to remember, like, the Holy Spirit isn't some New Testament creation. Um, it's a eternal part of the Holy Trinity, God being uh, three in one. Uh, it's It's been there all throughout the Old Testament um, and up into the New Testament. Uh, yeah, we've I know we've got a few different passages that we're going to use um, to kind of to kind of describe how the Holy Spirit works uh, in the church that we just kind of pulled from the New Testament. But yeah, that's, I was just going to agree with everything you said, Tanner. Yeah. Blake? Um, and I was going to say, just for discussion wise, like the topic of the Holy Spirit, I feel like is hard to relate to somewhat because obviously Jesus, like Jesus Christ, really big part and visual part of our faith. Like we see paintings and pictures of, of, you know, what people depicted him as, like we know, like the story of the cross and resurrections, so like Jesus, very central to our faith. Uh, God, the father, like easy to relate to a father figure because we have that, um, like we, we know fathers in our lives. Um, but the, the Holy Spirit, it's like, we thought about titling the Holy Ghost episode. Um, but like, yeah, a ghost, like a spirit, it's not as, I guess, easy to relate to just, um, straight up like if you're looking at those three aspects of who god is um the three parts of the trinity um so i think that's one thing to just like understand and to look at like from afar it's like okay well i understand maybe relating to the holy spirit is different than um than i perceived i guess growing up uh, that was one of the first things for me it's like who is the holy spirit like how can i relate to to him and another thing i think you might have said this tanner i don't know um i might have said this earlier but calling the spirit like or the the terms or the descriptors we use when talking about the holy spirit a lot of the times it's like it or like it's a force or it's just like something that comes and goes uh you know kind of relative to like a star wars you know having the force right. or like um just other themes of like a power source kind of thing where you have it and you use it just for like acts or like doing doing different things uh i think that's somewhat of a skewed view of the Holy Spirit. Um, I think uh, he is a person of the Trinity. It's like if we use terms like uh, who is the Holy Spirit, well, he is this. Um, and so I think just small things like that, um, for me growing up, uh, I had like different views or like different things uh, that I kind of picked up that were not exactly scriptural or not were exactly, I guess, beneficial of my view of who the Holy Spirit is. Um, so just small things like that. It's like, oh yeah, I'm not just gonna just grasp some power to pick up, you know, a, a spoon across the across the way. It's like the Holy Spirit. If we truly believe, like He is, uh, you know, part of the Trinity, 
then uh, he is living on, on the inside of us. Like he is, uh, you know, God pretty much. And so um, that's just a basic overview of like how we approach him or how we see him. And like uh, y'all said, I agree with everything you said about uh, scripturally who he is. Um, that he's not just something that's just happened since Jesus left. Um, like he's, he's been around uh, from the beginning, but we're going to be looking into, uh, I think mainly like John, uh, 14, 15, and 16 uh, today, like we're going to be reading and, and looking at uh, different things. But the first, I'm, I might be rushing it, but I just wanted to read this uh, first scripture that really um, I think is maybe foundational for my view of who the Holy Spirit is. But it's uh, John 14, um, 16, and 17. And I'm reading New American Standard Version. It says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. And so, um, and so, yeah, so that's like that, just that first descriptor of who, I guess, the Holy Spirit is. It's a helper. Um, I think some versions uh, label that advocate. Um, mm-hmm. and so just even in that first part of the verse, I think it's cool. It's like Jesus is speaking there and he's saying, I will ask the father and he will give you another helper, the Holy spirit. It's like, you see the Trinity right there in that verse at, at work. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, but I do think the Holy spirit is like for us today and we can get caught up into like, um, you know, following Jesus and like everything. But if we maybe shy away from who the Holy spirit is, I mean, like Jesus gave us, like he, he promised the Holy Spirit to come. So I've already said too much, but that's a basic overview of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I think um, you're talking about kind of the language we use. Um, there are some people and, you know, I hesitate to assume that, um, you know, many of our listeners are, have had this experience, but there are some people that will tell you, like, if you don't use the you know the masculine he 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 him his stuff like that instead if you use it then they'll be like well you don't understand the holy spirit you they start to doubt your faith um which is for me it's kind of like that's obviously pushing it and crossing the line Mm -hmm. especially when um of course i'm not advocating for us to change just like you said like like it is a person um of the trinity so you know, we should treat the Holy Spirit as a person. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the language that is, the original language that is used is, you know, that Ruach is the same, that they'll use, <clears throat> same word that they'll use in the Old Testament for breath, wind, and so on. Mm-hmm. Those things we consider it. So if you're out there screaming at some seventh grader because he keeps saying it in his prayer when he's referring to the Holy Spirit, just chill out, okay? Yeah. Um, the seventh grader probably will appreciate that. <laughs> Nonetheless, um, what I do think would be beneficial for our listeners uh, to hear is our upbringing, um, our background in really understanding the Holy Spirit, where we came from, where we are now, because that could, I'm sure for all of us, that is totally different from uh, our upbringing. So if you don't mind, guys, I'll start us off, and then whoever wants to pick up from there, we'll go. as many of our listeners already know, if they've listened or if they know me, grew up in the Southern Baptist, uh, Southern Baptist churches. And, um, and so not oftentimes do we really in Southern Baptist churches talk about the Holy Spirit. We've joked about it already plenty of times on this show, 
different small groups, so on. And I don't know, you, for me, it was just kind of like, whether through hymns, through small bits and pieces of sermons, um, through my own Bible study, I would come across the Holy Spirit, of course, kind of introduced to the Trinity at a pretty young age and knew that the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost was a part of the Trinity, but didn't really encounter it. Basically, like you said, Blake, because it was not something that I necessarily related to mm-hmm. as well. Um, when we have this beautiful collection of, of writings and stories about Jesus and his life and um, what he came and did. And we have, of course, the entire Bible about God, specifically the Old Testament, God the Father and, and this provider and, and so on. That was kind of easy for me to read, relate to, and apply in my growing of in creating a theology for myself growing up. Holy Spirit was really, really tough. And it wasn't until, I mean, probably late high school when I started to kind of gather more of a, I'd say a respect and a reverence and a more of an understanding of what the Holy Spirit is and how he, I probably have used it already a few times in this explanation, sorry guys, um, how he works in not only me, but in the church, in all of uh, creation. And so you kind of read my jumping verse, uh, jumping to verse, Blake, and I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but um, in the new revised version, it says, um, now in verse 16 of John 14, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it, it, is, it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. You know, the amplified version goes into detail about talking about the Holy Spirit, saying he's a comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, Hmm. and so on. And so I don't know about you guys, but when I was young, I didn't really read the Bible with a critical mind, kind of just reading to um, be a good Christian boy. And Mm -hmm. whatever I read was like, all right, you know, affirming it, no matter if I understood it or not. It's like, all right, sweet, got it. That's biblical truth. And just keep going. Didn't really critically think of what was going on. And so when I, I probably read through this passage multiple times, well, probably two or three times when I was young, and it was around late high school when I was reading through this with a critical mind. And I read it and it says, but now I'm going to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, uh, where are you going? But because I've said these things, you sorrow, or the sorrow has filled your hearts. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Um, and it, it kind of like, really just shook me a little bit. I was like, wait, it's, I could, I could see myself in the disciples shoes there being like, Whoa, 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 we're better off without you. Like, how is that possible? Mm -hmm. Um, and he goes on to like, talk about like, um, someone greater is coming and stuff like that. And I'm like, that seems almost blasphemous in the sense of elevating one part of the Trinity above the other, but you know, further, you know, reading and, and talking through this with friends and, and small group and, and so on, uh, understanding like how he lays this out. Of like, look, Jesus being 100% man, 100% God can only be in one spot at the time for so long. His body only had so many, you know, heartbeats in it per se, um, that he couldn't be everywhere on the earth without blowing anybody's mind. Um, he had limitations in the sense of being that 100% man 
And so having this person, this part of God, this part of the Trinity come and be able to bring um, not only advocacy and comfort and intercession and strength, but also to convict uh, the world of its sin and about righteousness and about judgment um, and so on, that, of course, brings people to the saving grace of God. And so slowly learning that later on in life um, and, of course, going off to college, being a part of more um, multi-denominational friendships and stuff like that, like we have here on the podcast, having conversations about the Holy Spirit started to grow my understanding and my love and my, again, reverence and respect for the Holy Spirit to now, you know, seeing it in a, just, if I was to be asked this question, like, what is the Holy Spirit literally five years ago, the answer would have been totally different than what I've just given, you know, where I would give you right now. Um, and I think with anything kind of to somewhat get off topic with anything we say, perhaps on this podcast, I think we would be foolish to say in five, 10, 20 years, if you ask us the same question, it's going to be verbatim the exact same thing. Yeah. And that's the beauty of, of this faith journey is that we're bringing, because we're being brought closer, being built up in Christ, we're to learn, we're learning more about who he is and learning more about how wrong we were. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really that verse was those John 14 and 15 and 16 was really the launching pad for me to see, wow, this is really beneficial to me, beneficial to the church. It's Holy spirit here to bring truth and to help me discern, um, you know, what is right, what is righteousness and discern and see God's word in a new and powerful way. Um, is really where I am now compared to fully, I guess, neglecting it five, six, ten years ago. Yeah. What about you guys? So uh, for me, I think same story, you know, raised in a Baptist church. And, uh, you know, I, I know I always like to joke about, you know, oh, we believe in the holy duty. But uh, the Baptist churches I was raised in and and the people that I was taught by in the Baptist church, they really weren't afraid to talk about the Holy Spirit. I mean, um they did. And we were always reading books about, uh, like, I mean, we, we read like the Francis Chan book about the Holy spirit, you know, we drank the Kool-Aid and, uh, and we talked about all three persons of the Holy Trinity. Um, that being said, uh, I would definitely class and we're going to talk about this more next week. I'd classify the churches I was raised in as probably a cessationist. Um, I'm fairly sure the one that I'm in right now would also classify themselves the same way. Um, so I'll kind of I'll kind of speak to what has remained constant about my belief about the Holy Spirit and what's kind of changed over time. Uh, but I, I wrote this down. So what stayed constant about my belief of the Holy Spirit is uh, that the Holy Spirit is in indwelling presence uh, that comforts, intercedes, aids in, and enables our sanctification, guides us in the Word, and guides us in ways to obey the Word that it's taught that he or she has taught us or, or it, whatever <laughs> you got me all concerned with pronouns now. Oh, no, oh, don't worry. I'm sorry. sorry. I even said that. That was just one of the things that, that I grew up with, but <laughs> no, I'm messing with you. Um, so yeah, those, those are kind of the things that have remained constant just, and if I could summarize it just as the, the Holy spirit is the indwelling presence. Uh, like you said, Tanner Christ, when he was, um, when he, chose to limit himself in human form was therefore also kind of limited in, in space time, you know, Mm -hmm. um, 
not able to be uh, everywhere at once, but then the spirit comes and I've actually got my, uh, my Spurgeon study Bible open in front of me. And it says on that verse that you were just reading, uh, it's a better thing for us in this world to have the Holy Spirit in us than to have the bodily presence of Christ with us. We are better helped by the Holy Spirit than if we would have been if Jesus had remained uh, had remained on earth. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of always been my my mo about the Holy Spirit. Um, like Romans eight says, you know, uh, intercedes where we don't have words, mm. uh, helps us in sanctification, helps us put to death um, the the remaining sin nature. Um, also reminds us that we're God's children. Uh, comforts us, uh, guides us in ways to obey the word. Uh, John 14 says, you know, the spirit, uh, it reminds us of the things that Christ has said. So that's kind of, that's kind of the way that I've consistently experienced and known the Holy Spirit, Uh, just as kind of that indwelling presence. You know, it's, it's the idea of when I, when I pray for help in this life, it's, um, you know, it's, it's the Holy Spirit that I'm, I'm talking to, um, that kind of idea. So the thing that's, that's changed over time, I guess, for me, as far as my upbringing is, uh, I've started to become more open to the idea of what we're going to call in the next episode, uh, continuationist, uh, which is, uh, the idea that the miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit didn't stop with the death of the apostles. And in the next episode, I'll kind of talk more about why I, at this moment in time, kind of land there. Uh, even though I don't necessarily practice those things, but I would say that's probably just the only thing that's really changed over the course of time, uh, as far as my upbringing and the Holy Spirit goes. So, I don't know. Was that uh, was that sufficient? Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Um, and so, yeah, for me, uh, I'm the oddball. So <laughs> I grew up with the Holy Spirit. Y'all didn't have him, obviously. No, I'm just kidding. Um, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So, you were like, "Where is it at?" And it's a heat. No, I'm just kidding. Um, wow. <laughs> so I mean, but no, Cody, <laughs> Cody, you did mention uh, uh, the book by Francis Chan, um, Forgotten God. I actually really like mm-hmm. that book because I feel like it's, if you're someone who didn't grow up, um, if you grew up Baptist or, or in a church that didn't really mention the Holy Spirit much, uh, I feel like Forgotten God was a really good book that was just almost not on either side of, of the fence, not on either camp. It was almost like a, Hey, let's just look at who the Holy spirit is in scripture. Um, but mm. there's a quote in there by A.W. Tozer that I really love. Um, Boy toes. It says, <laughs> we may as well face it. The whole level of spirituality among us is low. We have measured ourselves by ourselves until the incentive to seek higher plateaus and the things of the spirit is all but gone. We have imitated the world, sought popular favor, manufactured delights to substitute for the joy of the Lord and produced a cheap and synthetic power to substitute for the power of the Holy ghost. And he used Holy ghost. Yes. Um, But no, I just loved that. Um, It started, it was one of the first chapters of the book. um, And the chapter is called, I've got Jesus. Why do I need the spirit? And uh, he just looks at, I think he looks at some very basic like uh, thoughts and some, some concepts that people maybe have not, I guess, wanted to look into um and we're about to talk about why it's so hard to talk about the holy spirit um but yeah so my upbringing i grew up i guess you could say uh, more on the charismatic side of things 
Uh, my family came out of a, I guess, a really heavy Pentecostal uh, denomination. And by the time I started going to church and remember ch- rem- remembering church, we had come out of that into more, we'd call ourselves non-denominational, but with that influence from the charismatic side of things. Um, hey, Blake. Yeah. Can you... Or can we define charismatic for any listeners that might be? Yeah, absolutely. Um, crazy Christian. There we go. Um, exactly. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, charismatic, I would say. Actually, I don't know what an exact definition of it would be, but uh, but it's it's from it's from the Greek word charisma. Right. Yeah, um, <laughs> which means gifts. It's not like yeah. charismatic. Like a, a speaker. Yeah. Do you want an actual? So there's, I guess, there's almost two. There's like the actual definition with uh, charisma, which means like gifts, I, I do believe. Like Favor or freely given or gift of grace is what Yeah, a grace gift. Yeah, yeah. Looking at. That's right. Um, and then there's the, I guess, more. What it kind of means now. The more, yeah. I feel like people, when you whenever you say charismatic, you grew up believing in the Holy Spirit pretty much or like believing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There we go. Well, I'll, I'll say it like that. Yeah. Um, more on that side of Christianity versus the other side being cons- conservative Christian. I guess that would be the other side where we're Bible believing. Um, if Jesus said it, I believe it type of Christianity. Fundamentalist. Yeah, fundamentalists like, oh, I'm starting <clears throat> to feel something. No, get that away, like kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are these bumps on my arms? What? No, um, get those away. But so yeah is that a good enough definition yeah yeah and so that's the more cultural definition but tanner you were right about the initial term being uh very (laughs) uh, not related to that um so yeah that's where i that's i guess how i grew up um with that influence and it was very as i grew up i didn't really receive scriptural teaching on any of those things it was very like it was almost like i should have assumed to know what to do or how to, how to act in those like church services or um, prayer meetings or whatever I was going to. Um, It was like, I should just feel like what I'm supposed to do. And so because of that, um, I would see a lot of people just like copy other people. And, and I'm not, I'm, I'm really talking about these like instances growing up very like lightly. I'm not going to, judge some person's like relationship with God or like discredit them. But I did see a lot of people that would, would almost try to do something because they thought that was what it was supposed, like you were supposed to do almost in a religious way. Like, I'm just going to read the Bible because that's what I'm supposed to do. Like I need to check this box off. So in the same sense, uh, growing up uh, in, I guess in my circle, in my camp, it was like, I need to, like do this in order to seem spiritual, seem religious. So what that looked like, uh, uh, it's very, you, you might see Facebook videos. These go around sometimes of like people falling out in the spirit. Um, there's one that I really love. It's of a guy who has a coat and he just like waves it over a certain area of the congregation. And like the whole congregation like falls out in the spirit. And then he goes <laughs> over to this other side, waves it. And like the whole congregation falls out. And then he goes up to the balcony, waves it up at the back whole balcony just falls. I'm like, oh, God. Like, we're going to need you to find that. Yeah, we can put, put it that in the Twitter for <laughs> yeah, We're going to retweet that. Um, but gosh. And so it's things like that, um, falling out in the spirit, like uh, just, you know, 
just some person coming to lay their hands on you and like almost pushing you down, like to, to make you fall out in the spirit. And I don't know if there's an exact term for fall out in the spirit. If that's the first time you've heard that, then it's pretty much your people. I think p- people pull it from acts whenever they, you know, they say whenever the Holy spirit fell, it was like fire and everyone thought that they were drunk. I feel like that's where they kind of pull that from. Um, I don't know for sure where that comes from, because like I said, growing up, I, I never received biblical teaching on any of those things. And so I feel like a lot of that growing up, uh, I viewed it as like tradition. And so I always, always like distance myself just a little bit because I was just like a little bit skeptical and like, I don't know about all this, like these things. And so, um, and so, yeah, a lot of, a lot of really weird stuff would happen. Um, I'll, I'll just be honest. A lot of weird things that were, I think I said it earlier, like the person who would like say, uh, uh, yeah, I, I got saved and I spoke in tongues. So everybody has to do that. A lot of those things becoming like what it has to be. I, I witnessed growing up in that, um, in that side of, of Christianity. But uh, it wasn't until I got to college um, where I actually met people who like talked to me about these things. And we like looked at scripture about these things. And we, um, I don't know, I just really grew in my I guess, knowledge of who the Holy Spirit is. And I guess now what I believe he is like for and how um, I relate to him. And so um, it was super cool because I loved having those conversations because um, I grew up with those experiences. I had a lot of, uh, I guess, fundamentalist or uh, Baptist friends who were like, they didn't have a clue what all that was. And so I would never talk about it to them. Um, and so I was just pretty much like in the middle, I was like, oh, I, I think I believe in this, but I've never heard scripturally sound teaching on it. Don't really know. So, um, got to college, uh, just loved, uh, diving into scripture and just diving in conversation, uh, with other people who a lot of people grew up with that same background where they grew up with just some really weird, like things that would happen. Um, my, one of my pastors that I really look up to, uh, my freshman year in college, he would always say that uh, him, his experience growing up in church, you would go to church to quote unquote, have church. And until you had church, you couldn't go home pretty much. So it wasn't the, you know, modern day, like, oh yeah, you're going to have a uh, three songs and then you're going to have a 40 minute uh, worship service or uh, message. And then you're going to go home. It was like, you're going to go like, you're going to run around the church. You're going to pull out the flags. Like you're going to, you're going to have at least one or two prophecies. You got to have maybe three or four people fall out in spirit. And then you've had church, then you can go home and then you're good to go. It was like, that was the expectation looming over every person that would go to church. And so, um, he, he, he just grew up with that, that like visual or like that, that expectation for church. And it was just like tiring. It was taxing. It was just like not, uh, life-giving. It wasn't of, I mean, if you want to be plain, it wasn't of the Holy Spirit of who he actually is. And so um, I actually got to dive in and where I stand now, I am, uh, I mean, I'm, I guess I would say I'm a continuation, continuationalist, um, but I don't really use that term. I just, uh, I guess I'm very uh, open and, and even still on, on this side of things, still growing in my knowledge of who the Holy Spirit is and how he operates today. Uh, but I believe all the gifts are for today of the Spirit. Um, 
And like Cody said, we're going to dive into those next week. Uh, even in that, there's so many different things that uh, I believe we as Christians should be careful about that some other Christians uh, on the charismatic side of things just almost go just to go because, yeah, we believe in the gifts of the Spirit. So we should, you know, use them and utilize them. And so some people I feel like go just like with boldness. Oh, yeah, I, I can do that. And I just I don't know. I feel like we should always ground everything in Scripture. Um, and so I feel like that's that's kind of my uh, my side of things. It's like there was a lot of experience that people would have that would almost turn into their like source of scripture or source of like, this is truth um, that I thought was very dangerous. Um, and it wasn't until, like I said, I, I got to college and um, had a lot of more, com a lot more conversations, a lot more like I heard like teaching about this uh, topic that really just opened my eyes. And, uh, and I love talking about it. I, I definitely might probably don't agree with a lot of people on, on this topic, but I love talking about it because I just feel like, dang, this is cool. We can, talk about who the Holy Spirit is. And even if you don't agree with me, like we're talking about the Holy Spirit, which I feel like we don't talk about much. So, Yeah. And it's good to do. And I think, uh, I mean, at least from my, my perspective, and I don't want to, I don't want to talk, I don't want to um, speak for either of you guys, but we talked about this in the pre-show meeting, at least from my perspective, like this is still something that I uh, personally like am figuring out where I land on. Like uh, we kind of discussed, there's, there's a lot of areas in scripture that I've really, delved into and I've kind of decided, all right, like I'm pretty confident that this is where I land this whole thing about like the whole debates that go on around the Holy spirit, definitely still something that I'm personally studying, uh, that I'm still open to y'all like sending me articles to and all that kind of thing. I'm open to articles about anything, really, <laughs> but, um, point being like for, for my opinions for like this episode and the next episode, my disclaimer is just like, hey, don't take the things that I say as like teaching, uh, because this is still something that I'm striving to learn more about just as much as the next guy. Uh, and I think, Tanner, you 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 definitely said probably the same thing in that regard, right? Definitely. And I think like kind of like Blake was saying, it was it's kind of been hard or was hard at one point, still kind of is, to have conversations about it too. And maybe that's why like our beliefs or theology on the Holy Spirit isn't as well developed because the conversations were so lacking or non-existent growing mm -hmm. up. Um, which kind of leads us to our next real question of like, why, why is it so hard to discuss the Holy Spirit in a church context? Um, I know for me, can I, can I, can I jump in real quick? Make go ahead, one go quick ahead. statement, then you can dive in. I think it's so hard to, discuss the Holy Spirit because of my camp, my side of things, because of the extremism of who the Holy Spirit is. So like if we even use the Holy Spirit um, or if you hear of a church that, oh, they believe in the power of the Holy Spirit or baptism, of the Holy Spirit, whatever, um, you automatically think what I told you about that Facebook video, like they're waving a coat and like people are falling yeah. out or like you're running aisles or like you're just like it's it's weird like you automatically think weird when you think of the holy spirit and i'm, I'm not i'm just, that's a general statement but that's what i feel like in conversations i've had in the past like that's what people automatically think and so i think that is just and that's why i love talking about it because i love talking about it in the sense of okay this is actually not weird like this is scriptural we can believe in the holy spirit without being 
like blasphemous or like, um, you know, super crazy. Um, so yeah, I, I was, I was going to say, say that. I think part of it is because of that aspect of, we think the Holy spirit is like super extreme and like uncontrollable and just like, you know, wild and weird. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, I think if, if we're to tie it back to other things that we've already discussed on this podcast, I think the reason it's so hard to discuss the Holy Spirit is, I mean, probably just the same reason that it's so hard to discuss all the other stuff that we're talking about, right? Um, I think that, uh, w- like, for example, remember on the very first episode when we were talking about, like, Reformed theology versus non-Reformed theology? And we said probably one of the main reasons we don't like to talk about it is because we've seen the mishandling of both sides. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where like we've seen people like in the reformed camp get like really like belligerent and like really Facebook arguey about it. So we're just like, ah, we're just not going to talk about it altogether. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, and this is just, this is my grandpa rant, but I think that if it was already hard to begin with, the sheer existence of social media has really um, just propagated it being even more difficult to talk about because Mm -hmm. camps that were already polarized get even more polarized. And then all of a sudden everyone's just living with misconceptions about what charismatics believe, right? Or or Mm -hmm. everyone's getting into like misconceptions about like, this is what all fundamentalists believe. This is what all charismatics believe. This is what all cessationists or continuationists believe. And we have these ideas set in our mind, but we're not willing to have conversations with people who believe things that are different from us. And we're not willing to open our mind up to the possibility of their arguments. I think that like, if you're looking at, if you're looking at people who don't land in the charismatic camp, a lot of times probably the reason that they don't want to have discussions with people who do is because they auto assume, and this is wrong. They auto assume that they don't hold scripture as primary. And so it's like, why would I listen to that argument? It's not coming from uh, a place that views scripture as primary and worthwhile, which Blake literally just spelled out for us. Like that, that's, that's not what, what Blake believes. Um, Blake holds scripture as the thing that we need to be grounded in. And so I think that if we want to have these discussions, we've got to move past those, I'm just going to say it, social media propagated misconceptions that we have about every other side. Yeah. I think kind of to your, your point, Cody, I think a lot of people assume the other side's uh, beliefs, their theology and stuff like that. Like someone maybe listening that has been listening to this podcast may assume that or have assumed that since Blake grew up Pentecostal, that he would be very uh, adamant to defend the people that run around doing what he just said was not of his belief. Um, So assumption being one big thing, but also I think I can't remember if I mentioned this on air or on the podcast last week, but um, I didn't watch, but the Simpsons this season um, the first episode of the season was last week and it was on Christian media. Mm-hmm. And there was one kind of, well, of course, many jokes, but one joke that was about like the producers, uh, some producers come in to try to get like the story that's going on to be made into a film. <clears throat> and they ask Homer, like, is, was the story real? Did his son Bart actually have a, 
um, out of body heaven experience. And Homer thinks to himself, if I want this to go through and make this money, this thing has to happen, even though I know it's a lie. So he turns around and says, are you going to doubt, you know, the experience or the word of God, the experience of someone that was with God, stuff like that. And so I think for some of us to see the other side and maybe even have that assumption of what they are doing may be wrong. For some of us, it may be, I'm too scared to necessarily, I don't want to say call them out, but to say that their experience is not actually biblical or what they're doing is not actually biblical because then some, the argument can be back towards them. Hey, are you now doubting the word of God? Are you now doubting our experience? And so this being a, a lot of experience based, one of the kind of the, the few things in, I guess, theology that we're building around that is more, a little more experience based than others. It's kind of hard to say like, Hey, what you have said that you've experienced that you have seen or felt or done is not biblical. And then someone to, to like take that uh, accusation and not feel like they are being called, you know, uh, not a child of God or stuff like that is very, would be a very awkward conversation if you're just, you know, planning it out in your head. So I think that's why some of the times that I think that I, when I've had questions of a friend of mine or someone that I just know of that's grown up kind of like Blake, that I would want to have a conversation, I go ahead and think, well, I don't want to call them out and say their experience is not real and stuff like that. And it's hard to, I don't know, maybe some of our listeners may feel that way. I don't know. Maybe you two have felt that way sometimes too about, uh, this or another topic that is hard to really to call someone's um, experiences or beliefs into doubt and have a good conversation. Yeah. Am I, well, does that make sense? No. Yeah, that does. And I mean, I mean, obviously it's like, there's so many different, uh, like I said, I, I guess I just drew the line between like charismatic and conservative Christians, but even on both sides of that fence, there are so many different uh, beliefs and thoughts as far as the Holy Spirit goes. So everyone listening might have, might agree with us to an extent, but not fully because they have like a certain, a different aspect of, of that belief. And so I feel like obviously we all have to go back to scripture and what scripture uh, says, but I love the fact that if we talk about it, at least we're like searching it out. You know, it's like, this is, this is why we yeah. have this, this podcast because we want to talk about these things and like actually like grow as, as Christians. Um, but like, as far as the Holy spirit goes, if obviously it's been an issue of like not talking about it, I would say in, in both of our, uh, or in all three of our upbringings, um, we didn't really talk about the Holy spirit. Uh, y'all just didn't really quote unquote, try to go after the Holy spirit or experience it. We, I did, but we still didn't talk about who the Holy Spirit is or like search out scripture. Um, so I think that's the the key issue is like, I mean, if we're going to just scratch it off as, okay, yeah, that's just an experience you have. Like you've got to just have the, I don't know, the Holy Spirit's goosebumps and just got to, you know, feel it. Um, then I think that's, that's totally false because I, I believe scripture points to who the Holy Spirit is as being here for us today. And, and like I read, and, and we've used instances in scripture where it says he is our helper. He's our advocate. Like he's here for us. So if he's here for us, then 
who is he? And so we need to like start taking steps to find out who the Holy Spirit is. So. Right. Yeah. So I think and that, so, sorry, Tanner, go ahead. Go ahead, ahead. Go ahead. I was right about to say. You go ahead. I was just saying that, that pretty much rolls up into how we better discuss the Holy Spirit in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I've just got, I've just got really two points for this last question. My two points basically are, um, don't assume that you know what the other can't believes. Um, this is the same thing for having discussions across any sort of dividing lines that are in the church. Um, set aside those assumptions and seek to genuinely ask, not over the internet, but a real life person mm-hmm. um, is going to legitimately do wonders. And then point number two is um, this, this counts for both sides uh, because we read these two different gospel coalition articles that come from both sides of this, this little, this thing. Uh, and both of them said this exact same thing, which is basically that experience shouldn't be ignored and experience is important. But when we have these discussions, it's important that they be around scripture first and foremost. Um, so like for both sides, always be sure that your theology is based on, uh, what you believe that like scripture says, and like this applies and I'm, I'm talking to people who aren't like charismatic because it could very well be that like your theology on this is based around just the idea that you you were never exposed to anything of the charismatic side this is what like your family believed this is what was passed down to you and so it's just kind of what you always believed and that is a theology based on experience not a theology based on uh scripture so just to be sure that when we have these conversations, it's around scripture first, like Blake and Tanner have both already said. So, yep, that's my only point. Yeah. And, yep. and uh, like, <laughs> you're just passing. I can wrap this up. Um, well, I was just going to say my only thing, um, and I agree with both of the things that uh, Cody said, but I would say if we want to become or better at talking about the Holy Spirit and how do we better discuss this in, in the church or in like our Christian circles, I would just say come in with a blank slate. Like instead of mm. having those preconceived notions, when you hear the term Holy Spirit and you think, oh, crazy, like uh, charismatic people, like, you know, falling out and doing all these weird things with flags and horns and all this different thing. I would say come in, come into the your discussion of the Holy Spirit or your search of the Holy Spirit with a clean slate. Not, not any of that. Um, maybe not even any of the other side of like, oh, the Holy Spirit is like, uh, super clean and, and cut and like we should fit him into this box kind of mentality. I would say just come into a clean slate. Let's look at scripture. Let's see who God says, um, like, or see what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit, see what scripture says about the Holy Spirit and just kind of figure out, okay, well, how do we apply this to our lives like today? I think that when we come into it without those preconceived notions, um, then we can really actually look at scripture and see what it says. Um, and then we can go from there like that, that can lead our discussion and it wouldn't be, well, I think this like is, should be how we view the Holy Spirit. Or I think this experience was like really true, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. Yeah. I think to really wrap us up and I'm basically echoing what you two just said, but I think really, um, like you said, a clean slate coming in with critical but open mind and like we do with the other two parts of the Trinity, look at it and say, all right, who got, who has God revealed himself to be? What are his attributes? Now, what is his relationship to us? Same with Jesus. Who has he revealed himself to be? 
his attributes, like I said, fully God at the same time, 100% man. What is his relationship to us? What did he do to us and for us? Um, same thing with the Holy Spirit. How has he revealed himself to us through Scripture, basing all of this in Scripture? And what is his relationship to us? What does he do to us, for us, like we mentioned about Romans 8? Um, I still think it's crazy to point out in that one, uh, Romans 8, uh, 26 to 27, that uh, it says he intercedes for us. So it's literally God talking to himself. Um, I always thought that was kind of weird, <laughs> but cool. Um, but yeah, just basing it in scripture. And like we'll talk about in the next, um, in part two on this, about more of the cessation continuation, really seeing that the spirit is all, just like Christ, all about glorifying God um, and not bringing us up, lifting us up into any great thing. He doesn't give us certain gifts or empower us to make ourselves look great. It's He's there to make God um, great. And so I'll close with this. Um, I kind of heard this this question asked more of like the charismatic and whatever would be the opposite, I guess, fundamentalist, traditionalist camps um, kind of labeled as either truth or spirit. And of course leads us to John four twenty four when he's talking to the woman at the well, but he mentions, he says, God is spirit. The Amplified version says is the source of life yet invisible to mankind and those who worship him, worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And so oftentimes we kind of, what I was thinking about when this person mentions labeling those two camps as either charismatic being the spirit and more traditionalist looking at, you know, more scholars and theologians uh, as truth instead of being um, exclusively one or the other to be both that we need to um, invite whether you're in one camp on either side of that aisle there um, invite and welcome the other side so that you can grow and learn to be better not only as a quote-unquote better person better human um, but to further your walk in christ and so that's our conversation on the holy spirit part one yeah mm. That was the A New Hope of our Holy Spirit discussion. <laughs> Next week, we get Empire Strikes oh, Back. Yes. Wow. Well, anyways, boys, we are going to move on to our favorite segment every week, which is, what are we enjoying this week? Now, as we like to do for all of these segments, uh, I'd like to just go ahead and take some time and discuss uh, what it is that we've been enjoying from previous weeks. So I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and start. Um Tanner, last week you recommended going back and enjoying an old movie. Uh, I've been working my way through the Sergio Leone Spaghetti Westerns with uh, Clint Eastwood. And mm-hmm. uh, I just watched the movie for a few dollars more, uh, which is just not just an incredible Western, but an incredible movie. Um, it's basically about these two bounty hunters tracking down this really like messed up dude. Um, fun little uh, piece of trivia. Uh that movie or that series of movies is one of the primary inspirations for my favorite book series, the dark tower. Mm. And in the movie, the main bad guy uses this locket with like these chimes that play throughout the whole soundtrack. Fun Mm. fact, when the dark tower movie came out this past year, uh, they used those chimes as part of the trailer music. So there you go. A little bit, a little bit of trivia for you there, but yeah, that's what I enjoyed. Uh, this past week from recommendations we've had. Do you guys have anything? If not, we can we can just go to the 
Blake, what did you recommend last week? Um, Obviously, we didn't listen. Yeah, so. dang. Look at y'all. Y'all should have been the ones listening. Man, come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you do it, Tanner? Is that what you're asking? <laughs> and you just forgot. Well, if you would kill me, I might have. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's okay. We'll just edit all that out of post. <laughs> but uh, boys, boys, coming back. We just had a uh, we just had about a two minute conversation about trying to remember what we recommended last week. Uh, so if any of y'all remember, just uh, just add us. Shout it. We we do not remember at all. But uh, long story short, yeah, I watched an old movie. But uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and go into uh, what we're recommending this week. So um, I'm gonna go ahead and say Tanner. Would you like to start us off? All right, so I was contemplating two different ones, but I'm going to go with the night that we were recording this, the great sport of basketball, professional basketball, the NBA basketball is back with us. is my favorite sport. I love the way they dribble up and down the court. <laughs> What's your favorite play? Oh, gosh. No, never mind. Um, yeah, basketball is back, folks. Um and so I don't know the demographic of all of our listeners, but I know a lot of people don't like baseball because there's 160 games, which means there's like 2,500 or 25,000 games amongst all 30 teams in the year. Football is becoming just weird college football. I tr- I was, I didn't tell you guys this, but I was trying not to watch a single college football game this year, see how far I could go, just because I didn't care. Yeah. Um, I did all right, like I made it three weeks in, but nonetheless, basketball, though there's a lot of games, so fun. Um, tonight, the Celtics and the 76ers are playing. If anybody cares, last year, um, the Celtics had gotten a really good player in the offseason, broke his leg on national TV mm. opening night. Missed the entire season. He's playing right now. When I was watching earlier before we started recording, he was doing pretty well. Um, nonetheless, basketball is back, folks. I suggest if you are not a big professional basketball fan, at least watch a few games. They're fun. You can probably watch the Lakers because LeBron is there now. Uh, it'll be probably fun. Golden State's a really good team. Um, I'd say stay away from like the Detroit Pistons. They're a pretty trash team. Dang. Wow. <laughs> I'm a Detroit Pistons I'm kidding, fan. Blake. I love you. Detroit. I love you, Blake. I'm kidding. Tanner, I'm going to spring this question on you really quick, okay? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So, as our listeners know, I am Cody Go Sports Hasselbring. Mm-hmm. Um, Go Sports. Which means that I know next to nothing about uh-huh. um, most everything sport-related. Thus, Tanner, I have, I have one question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on my personality type, and my personal brand, what mm-hmm. basketball team should I latch myself onto as a fan? Ooh, that's oh, a good question. I would say the Celtics. Okay. Really? I, I think that. so. I, just because traditional, like Tradition, old yeah. school, like Ooh. we're going to like run the triangle offense type feel. I like it. The tradition or, in the old school is what I'm here for. Or the Golden State Warriors because Cody is about that style. Yeah, I like about it. the about the flashy plays and the you know just making girls stumble while he walks down the street. 
Anyways, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what team would wear the most denim. Yeah, but that's so, really yeah, the question. That's, that's the, the next. Day. That's the real. That's the real See, question. If, if you'd asked me like four or five years ago, I'd say San Antonio Spurs all day. Oh, yeah, of course, that's a good answer. Um, that's a good answer. But I'm I'm gonna let Blake sway me to the Celtics now. They have a really good tradition. Yeah, play good fundamental ball. Mm-hmm. I feel like Cody would be that. You know. If I could dunk it, you better not dunk it. You better get your two points. Get a layup. Yes. Like, oh, that's like, me, baby. Like, don't do not do nothing flashy. Do what's utility. You know what I'm I, saying? I feel like whenever, yeah. if Cody would have been around when they had the three-point line, he would have been like, no, 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 no. We, we're going to stick to our <laughs> jump shots. We're not going yeah. to succumb to this new three points. We can win by this two points. Garbage. Yeah, yeah. we're going to win two points at a time. We are the tortoise in this race. That's right. Cody's in warm-up, and they're running figure eight the entire time. <laughs> Boys, yes. in honor of that, I'm going to go ahead and pledge that by the time we record episode two, The Holy Spirit Strikes Back, uh, <laughs> I will have watched a Celtics game. That will be my, uh, that'll be my that'll, pledge to you and the listeners. Awesome. I'll report back as well. <laughs> Good deal. Good. Well, so that's my uh, recommendation. Awesome. That's a good recommendation. Um, cool. Go watch the Pistons play. Well, so my recommendation <laughs> uh, for this week is, and this really speaks to my recent college experience or my college lifestyle, my graduation from college. I'm still living in that wavelength because this past weekend at, uh, at the community market in Starkville, I found a top ramen microwave cooker. So literally, you get ramen. I'm noodles. sorry. What? <laughs> you get noodles and you, you take it out of the pack, the little rectangle pack. You place it in this little plastic bowl. It's really tough plastic. And you pour water up to a fill line and you microwave it for three minutes and it will cook noodles. Ramen. This is the sound of me Googling this right now. <laughs> Just, yeah, Google Top Ramen Microwave Cooker. Okay. We'll pull it up. Their website's actually very clean and very cool, and they have a cool fan store. But um, I tried it out today, and it actually works pretty well. Um, it's, it r- go ahead. Rapid ramen? Pretty much. Um, but it's like a normal, yeah, like your normal pack of ramen. Um, you just... Like I said, it's they they brand it as the fastest and easiest way to cook perfect ramen noodles in the microwave uh, in just minutes, um, with the same stovetop flavor. So you don't have to oh, fill out okay. a pot. So yeah, it's not the the cup of noodles. It's just the normal pack of ramen noodles. Um, you put it in that little pot cooker thing, fill it up to the fill line, pop it in, you're good to go. I was like, what the heck? This is crazy. And so. Um, the reason I bought it, because at work we have a microwave, we don't have a stove. Um, and I tried the cup of noodles and it just wasn't working out for me. And so I saw that. I was like, dang, I'm going to try it out. And I'm a big fan. So, yeah, there you go. And it was only like $5 or $4. So I'm reading uh, some of these reviews. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Please read some choice Amazon reviews of the, 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 the top ramen cooker. Well, I'm on their website. So most of these are like, you know, generic, like I saw this on Shark Tank and it worked perfectly, but I think I found Blake's. It says the like nickname here. It says Pistons fan 2013. And it says, and it's all like, there's no capital letters. It says, dude, 
this thing is legit. <laughs> I got this was misspelled community market, but okay. Oh my gosh. And have loved it, have eaten ramen every meal for four days. <laughs> Dude spelled D O O D. Dude. Yeah, then it says something all right. Wait. Oh, okay, sorry, I had to hit read more. It says Jen is my baby. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Um, got a little too personal. So I don't know if that's you or not, Blake, but I'm a big fan. Is... I was, I'll, <laughs> I'll be honest. It was, so I think I might try it for three minutes and 30 seconds tomorrow, just because the noodles were mm. a little tough, just a little bit, but they were, they were good. Like I, I was, I was pleasantly surprised by how good the quality of it was because it was literally three minutes in the microwave. Um, and all I had to do was pull it and it's reusable, which is the cool thing. So wash it out, clean it out. I'm gonna use it tomorrow. That's my lunch tomorrow. So. Sweet. Can I uh, share some breaking news, or not really breaking news? A fun fact: yeah. I've never had ramen in my life. <gasps> this is a travesty. So let's go ahead and add to the list. Next time we're all together, Tanner's eating ramen, and we are reviewing a cheesy Christian music, a cheesy Christian movie, live and on air. Eating ramen while watching the Christian movie. I wow. can think of no better like way to develop content. Yes, I want his reaction to ramen live, like along with his reaction to the Christian Mingle movie. Yes, exactly, <laughs> absolutely. It's like one of the few foods that I haven't tried that I'm like actually interested in. Think I'll probably like it. Just haven't really wanted to try it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Other foods, I'm like, no, nah, it looks disgusting. I think I'll hate it. <laughs> Well, Fayetteville, so. Arkansas, which I believe is on the way to um, where we're going for Blake's wedding, has like a ramen restaurant hmm. that we could capitalize on. I did not know that. That's awesome. If we were carpooling. Yeah. <laughs> so Pig well, Suey cool. or whatever Heck it is. Yeah. Woo Pig, yeah. You got Woo Pig, right. yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, All right, Cody, what's yours? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I forgot I had one. Um, <laughs> so my recommendation this week is In the Spirit of October. Um, and it's basically just this read or watch a spooky thing, uh, some kind of horror, something, some kind of frightful thing. Maybe one of these days when we do our Christian liberties episode, I'll talk about why I am a Christian that is pro consuming horror, but like certain kinds of horror, good horror, not like, uh, well, we'll get into that later, but anyways, I'm going to recommend three pieces of art and I'm going to recommend them in order of their creepiness. Okay, so um, piece of art I'm recommending number one is actually one that I have not read yet, but I've been told it's really good. Uh, I was given this by someone who doesn't usually enjoy horror, so and they said it's really good. But it's uh, The Green Mile by Stephen King. Um, basically, it's this penitentiary, death row inmate, supernatural stuff happens. Uh, they had a movie out of it with Tom Hanks, but I'm about to read the book. Yeah. Um, it's Stephen King, so expect the normal Stephen Kingy weirdness that I'm really into, but some people aren't really into. Uh, so that's my first recommendation. Go pick up a copy of The Green Mile by Stephen King. My other recommendation is something that I actually have read, and it's uh, go pick up a collective works of H.P. Lovecraft book from whatever your local bookstore is. A little bit about H.P. Lovecraft. These are all going to be short stories. They're probably not going to be any longer than 30 pages. 
Uh, I recommend starting with The Call of Cthulhu, C-T-H-U-L-U. Um, if you pick up a book of his short stories, they're all really good. That or At the Mountain of Madness. Um, Lovecraft is very, very good at atmospheric horror. So he doesn't rely on like gore or violence for shock value, but he's really good at describing a creepy environment. Uh, he uses really good adjectives and words. You're, you're probably going to need like a dictionary open while you read through this, but trust me, it's a good thing. He's, he's a very, very good writer. I recommend him. Uh, and then the third thing is if you are, I only recommend this if you are like already into the horror sphere. If you are just getting into horror, start with the Green Mile. Don't start with this. Please don't start with this. But it is uh, the series on Hulu, Castle Rock, um, which is actually based on the collective works of Stephen King. Y'all, this show is creepy as heck. It's got it's got creepy subject matter. It's got like it's got violence. Um, it's got lots of language. Um, I mean, just disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Uh, but if you are kind of already sort of into the horror genre and you're looking for something that's really good, it's 10 episodes long. It's kind of got a Stranger Thingsy feel at some points to it. Uh, but yeah, Castle Rock on Hulu. I watched the whole series in like two weeks. It is just, it's so, so good if you're into that kind of thing. So those are my three recommendations for something spooky. Do you guys have any, uh, have any spooky things that you want to recommend for the Halloween season coming up? Blake, you got anything? I'm not a big, I'm not a huge fan of the horror genre, but Jen is a massive fan of, she finds enjoyment by being scared or being on edge or uneasy. Jen may enjoy so, Castle Rock. If she enjoyed it, I would guarantee oh yeah, she, she would enjoy Castle Rock. I, and I'm, I've opened up to them more, more so since we started dating. Um, but I do, I will say this, my, and I have two friends um, in high school growing up, they're huge scary movie fans, horror film fans. Um, they were huge fans of The Conjuring. And they always said, oh, this is the scariest movie this is our favorite scary movie, I guess. And so uh, they were like, like, if you watch one, you should watch this one. So this was pretty much the first movie in the, that genre that I watched. And I was actually a fan of it. I don't know if uh, maybe I watched it. Yeah. I've heard it's like an objectively just good movie. Yeah. 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 I was a, I was a big fan. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't even know if that would fit in the October, like Halloween theme, but. Oh yeah. Um, big fan of that one. But yeah, Blake, for you especially, I would recommend like more atmospheric horror. So like uh, The Green Mile, H.P. Lovecraft, that kind of thing. That's good stuff. I'm more of a uh, psychological thriller guy. So I haven't, what have I seen horror related? Saw. I've seen a bunch of like, like the ones you find low on... Like you're scrolling for hours on Netflix and you find like a really like 30% at best on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> horror movie. Yeah, I've seen like... a few of those just for the, you know, the irony of it. Um, yeah, psychological thrillers like Seven, Shutter Island. Ooh, yeah. If you're if, if there's any you know listeners out there that aren't so much horror but like a little bit of a scare and a little bit of a thinker, I would suggest those two. But The Shining, is that I guess if it depends yeah. on which cut you you watch the shining is very much a psychological horror kind of thing Mm -hmm. 
I can't remember which which cut if it's the director's cut, theatrical cut, or another one that like the ending is totally different and it's more horror. Yeah, one of those. <laughs> well, cool, cool. Um, well, yeah. Well, that's all for us uh, for this episode. Um, so, Tanner, uh, just let everybody know how they can get in contact with us. What they need to do. Heck yeah. If you will download WhatsApp, we know. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. Um, to be honest, guys, not a lot of people are interacting with us on Twitter and we're getting kind of upset about it. We're ready to throw our phones through a wall. What's that? But hey, save our phones <laughs> by following us on Twitter, interacting with us there. Also, now we can announce it. Follow us on Instagram. Ah, uh, we'll be yeah, posting yeah. regular posts with pretty cool captions hopefully as well as instagram stories hey maybe one of these days we'll go live and you'll get to see some of the process or just see our beautiful faces for once um as well as email us any critiques any comments any love um yeah anything else at future family podcast at gmail.com also our twitter is future family pod um and instagram is future family podcast yeah so maybe we'll go maybe. live at blake's bachelor party who knows yes, that would be we'll awesome <laughs> all right and then cody let us know what we're talking about next time next time we are doing the holy spirit uh revenge of the holy spirit um episode <laughs> what was that episode five uh but it's actually going to be episode eight and it's going to drop in your sweet little feeds uh, let's see here. What's the <laughs> Friday, November 2nd is when that's going to drop for you. And, uh, we're going to be talking about kind of some of the more, uh, as Nacho Libre says, the nitty gritty, um, <laughs> which is, uh, stuff like cessationism, continuationism, uh, miraculous gifts, um, streamers, tambourines, things of that nature. Um, so yeah, boys, that's, uh, that's about it. It's been a pleasure talking with you boys yeah it's been a pleasure having the words of our mouths enter your ear holes uh <laughs> listeners uh, and i'm bad at outro so i'm gonna cast it off the <laughs> well awesome well thanks for <laughs> tuning in y'all and yeah uh just to reiterate what tanner and cody said uh if y'all do have since we have two weeks before our next episode drops if you have any questions that you want us to answer about the holy spirit or any feedback or anything you're wondering uh, yeah, contact us, uh, shoot us an email, hit us up on Twitter, whatever that looks like. Let us know and we'll uh, we'll look into it and maybe talk about it on our next episode. But yeah, looking forward to that. Guys, thanks. Um, y'all are awesome. And, uh, and yeah, as always, we are your future family.